Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. I want to start with a bit of real talk. Here's a question. I don't want you to put your hand up, uh, but I want you to think about this just for yourself. Do you know anybody or have you ever met anybody who is a great Christian, but not a very good human? Just don't call the names out. Don't look at them now. Someone maybe that uh, goes to church more than you do, maybe reads the Bible more than you do, maybe prays more than you do, yet when it comes to their interactions with other human beings, they're not actually very nice. Maybe, maybe when you hear them talk to people or, or, or talk about people, uh, it's not good. And here's the thing. God's best for us is not just that we would become good Christians. In other words, that we would at some point in our life make a personal decision to say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I believe you are who you said you are. It's not just to become a good Christian. God's best is also that we, that person that may have a good human. Now, contrast that person that may have come to mind and ask yourself this question, and I'd maybe play with this one a bit more. It's a little less judgmental. (laughs) Do you know anybody who's actually a great human? And by the way, they might not even be a Jesus follower. But yet, when you think about them, you would put them in the category of that they're a great human. You're drawn to them. Other people are drawn to them. They seem to have this kind of set of superpowers that make, makes them a great human. And, and here's the thing. I don't know who you might be thinking of when I've asked that question, but it, I would kind of hazard a guess that if I was to zoom in on that person that you're thinking of that's a great human, that it's quite likely one of their superpowers is how they speak how they speak to you, how they speak to other people, how they speak about other people. And and in fact, if I was to put a a label on it, I would almost guess that this person's, one of their superpowers is that they're encouraging. Because one of the things that good humans understand when it comes to how we use our words, and, and one of the things that it's likely that the person you're thinking about who falls into the category of a good human is that they understand that words create worlds. And really, this shouldn't come as a shock to any of us. If we have been kind of orbiting the church for any length of time, maybe read a slice or two of our Bible, maybe made a decision to follow Jesus, this idea that words create worlds, it shouldn't actually be a new idea because here's the thing. That's how God created the world. God created the heavens and the earth by speaking words. And that same principle is in play today for you and for me, that our words create worlds. So here's another question. When it comes to the words that you're speaking, what sort of world are your words creating? 
Are they the sort of words that other people, when they think about the people in their sphere that are good humans, (laughs) that you might actually feature on the list, that we might feature on the list? Words create worlds. And the people that you're thinking about that are are great with their words, it's quite likely that, that this idea of them being encouraging is that they get that they're on this planet to make a difference. Because encouragement is actually an act of generosity. And, and one of the mistakes that we can make is we can shrink wrap generosity to be kind of only applicable to maybe finances. That's the obvious one. Give some money. That equals being generous. And it does. Maybe we can expand it out a little bit, the concept of being generous, including giving of our time. We, we, we give our time to certain people and certain things. And, and we put that in the category of generosity. And yet, we also need to understand and realise that encouragement, that our words and and our choice of words are actually and can actually and dare I say should actually be an act of generosity. Now, this is not a new idea. And before I get too deep into this, this, today's message is not a course correcting message. I'm not looking judgmentally down my father's nose at you. Uh, In fact, let me take you to something that Paul wrote that I really do think applies to us today. And so if you've got our Elevate Church AU app, you can open that up, tap on the Bible tile down in the bottom corner, and it's gonna take you to a letter that Paul wrote. He wrote to a church in a place called Thessalonica, a a Greek uh, city. Uh, Paul, uh, just to catch you up, he was a guy whose job, and he was very good at it, was to try and actually kill off the early church, kill off the people, stop the movement that was spreading around the known world. And, and, then, and then at one point in history, Paul had a, a personal encounter with the risen Jesus. That literally, if you ever want to read the story and be inspired by somebody whose life turned around 180 degrees, that's Paul. Because he went from trying to shut the church down to actually making it his life mission to be on the front bleeding edge of building the church up and and extending the church. And one of the things he would do is start churches and or interact with churches that are are in place. And he would write them letters. And thankfully, we've got some of those letters still around today. And this is one of the letters. And he'd written this. And this is right towards the end. It's almost like, and in closing, and in my final thoughts that I want to really impress on you. This is what he wrote to that church, and I really think this is for us today. So he said to them, or wrote to them, speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. And I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. And that's my thing today. I, I don't, I read this. I think this is for us. It's not a course correction thing. It's a, we've got our foot on this accelerator, but can we, can we do it better? It, it, are there some missed opportunities? Are there some things that, that, that we can develop in us in this sphere of encouragement, of speaking encouraging words to one another that's gonna see us, our worlds grow larger and larger, see us become better humans, <laughs> And actually, more influential in the spheres that that God's already placed us in. And that could be with your spouse. Because sometimes we're encouraging with one section of humanity and not so much with others. 
So could it be your spouse? Is there room for improvement there? Your kids? Uh, your parents? Neighbours? Colleagues? Boss? Staff? Fellow students? Just asking that question. Is there some more room for improvement? You're already doing this. I know. But just keep on doing it. Be more encouraging. Look for more opportunities. Look to do this better. Because here's the, 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 the essence of encouragement. The word literally means to put courage in. To deposit courage into somebody. So when this is this is the transaction. When we speak words of encouragement, what we're actually doing is we're actually supplanting, we're actually replacing, we're actually kind of uh, overtaking courage with what was ever in there in the moment before we spoke words of encouragement, which could have been fear, reluctance, disappointment lethargy, discouragement, and yet God uses us and wants to use us to put courage into people that would see them not left out and not left behind. Because here's the thing, our words don't only shape our worlds, our words have the power to shape other people's worlds. That we actually have access to the superpower to be able to shape the internal world of another person. And that's done by encouragement, by putting courage in, which the antonym, just in case you didn't study English at school, is discouragement, which means to pull courage out and to leave a big gaping hole. And let me tell you, that gaping hole doesn't stay empty because nature abhors a vacuum. That gaping hole gets filled with fear and anxiety and reluctance and, and I bet I can't do this and negative self-talk. But encouragement, to put courage in. Thinking about my time in the Navy SEALs, um, there's a book I read about the Navy SEALs. <laughs> one of their commitments, if you're a part of the Navy SEALs, one of their commitments is no one left behind. That on the back end of a mission, that the Navy SEALs, whether you're wounded or injured or dead, will not leave you behind on that battlefield. They will put, even if it requires, they will put their lives at risk to ensure that no Navy SEAL is left behind. And I read this and I found this fascinating. Why does Paul encourage us to speak encouraging words? And what's the connection between no one being left behind? Here's the thing. You already know this. And the people in your sphere already know this. Pat Benatar said it wrong. So let me paraphrase her and get it right. Some of you don't know who Pat Benatar is. Life is a battlefield. And there are people in your sphere and there are people in my sphere at any given time who are one decision away from letting go of a dream. One day away from quitting on something that God's promised them. And it could be that our words of encouragement to them is gonna see them take another step, even though they thought they couldn't. Hang in there one more day. Make one more 
healthy decision in the direction of God's plans and purposes, that our speaking encouraging words is going to help ensure that no one in our sphere is left behind. So, I know you're all pretty smart, but I thought I'd just make it easy for you this morning. I want to run some diagnostics, run a bit of an analysis. Just say, but I'll ask the questions. You answer just in your own head. So I want to kind of help you pop the hood and get even more clarity, even though you might already be kind of aware. Are you an encourager or a discourager? Now, just to lay the ground rules, it's possible that I ask that question just to tee off. Are you an encourager and a, or a discourager? And you might think to yourself, well, it depends who it is. <laughs> but it shouldn't. Because the choice to be an encourager says more about you than it says about the subject in front of you. It's us saying, I will take the high ground. I will put myself on the front lines of this battlefield to be an encourager, no matter who it is. To be generous. Sometimes giving someone what they deserve isn't generous. It's just kind of like, yeah, but giving something a little bit extra, something above and beyond, and that's often what encouragement could be. You think, you know what? So are you an encourager or a discourager? Well, here's my assessment. I put discouragers into three categories. The first one is the silent movie star. Now, there was a time when you'd go to the cinema. That's not the end of the story, although that's kind of pertinent. Thanks, Netflix. There was a time when you'd go to the cinema and the movie would have actors in it, but they didn't speak. And the reason that, that was the thing back then is they didn't have the technology to capture them speaking, so they would just act out and there'd be some guy playing piano on the side, whatever, or they might have overdubbed that. But the, these, these actors, they, they never spoke. Not a word. And some people are discouraged because they've chosen to become the silent movie star. They might see things worth encouraging. They might even think encouraging thoughts about somebody or something somebody's done, but they don't actually say any words of encouragement. And here's the thing about encouragement. It doesn't happen by osmosis. Your thoughts are not transferred onto other people just because you had them. So, so you say, well, well, a silent movie star says, well, I don't go around discouraging people. Yeah, sure, there's no evidence of you discouraging people. Unfortunately, however, there's no real evidence of you encouraging them either. Well, I thought about it. Yeah, okay, great. That's a start. But it's not the finish. Don't be the silent movie star. In higher education, there's a concept called auditing the course where you can actually go along to a university or a place of higher learning and you can just sit in. Sit in on any lecture. You can take notes, don't take notes. You can, but here's the thing. You don't have to contribute anything. You won't have to be a part of the exam. You don't have to hand in any assignments. And at the end of that course, it was like you were never even there because you were just auditing the course. God hasn't put us on this planet to just audit the course. 
to just sit and observe people doing things worth encouraging, worthy of encouragement, and then just to not bother and to stay as the silent movie star in the corner. Then there's a category I call the truth teller. Now this one, this one, (laughs) this is the crime that is most often committed by the person you thought of when I asked you if you knew somebody who was a great Christian, but not a very good human. They often commit this crime, a repeat offender, a serial truth teller. And and here's what they'll say to you. Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to speak the truth in love. Yeah, I know. I've read it. In fact, not only, it's not that the Bible says it, it's actually Paul wrote it. Like I can even, yeah, we can humanize this. The, guy, the same guy that wrote, speak encouraging words to one another so that no one's gonna get left behind also wrote, speak the truth in love. Well, that sounds like a contradiction. How are you supposed to encourage people and speak the truth in love? Well, here's the thing. Why is it that the only time you quote to me about speaking the truth in love is when you're trying to weaponize the Word of God, and beat someone over the head with it. Do you know encouragement is speaking the truth in love? I saw you do something worthy of encouragement, truth. And because I love you, I'm gonna tell you. Ta-da! Guess what I've just done? I've spoken the truth in love. And you feel more hope-filled because of it. I didn't weaponize it as as a tool to bring you down. I... Gave it to you as a gift to build you up. Speak the truth in love. Paul also didn't say speak the truth or love. And that's another thing. It's like these, these, these good Christians, bad humans, and I'm not being judgmental when I'm better than them, but if, if that's something that you do, stop it. It's horrible. It's not truth or Love, it's truth in love. And, and here's the other problem with that. <laughs> Say, why do you keep beating people around the head with truth? Well, I want to see them change. So I'm going to point out all the things that are wrong with them and I'm going to tell them how they suck and I'm going to tell them how pathetic they are because that's going to cause them to change. Really? How's that working? See, the thing is, most of the people that are, that are struggling in your sphere, they already know they're struggling. And so they don't need to be reminded of that. They need to know that there's some hope, that there's something beyond their struggles, that there's something that they can actually grab, reach out and grab a hold of. Speak the truth in love. Oh, encouragement. Wow. Oh, here's the one. Here's one. The humbler. This is my third category of discourager. The silent movie star, the truth teller, and then there's the humbler. And I got to tell you, us Aussies, we're pretty good at this one. Yep. Hey, mate. I know you did a good job on that, but... And you got to then bring them down. Because us Aussies... We don't want it going to their head. Those tall puppies need to cut them back a bit and give them a little prune. 
Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Got to keep them humble. I don't want them to get a big head. Let me ask you a question. And, and I, 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 I think I'd like a show of hands. Let's I don't want to be the one doing all the work here. Let me ask you a question and just give me a little, if, if, if this is you. Do, do you have anybody in your sphere that does that? Anybody in your sphere that, that they've kind of appointed themselves minister of humility in, in your life? Because here's the thing. It's almost certain that the people in your sphere have somebody that's taken up that portfolio. So it doesn't need to be you. That position's already filled. It's not our job description. In fact, God has inserted us into certain spheres to counterbalance and hopefully override the humbler who's already there, humbling. And the thing about humility, it's actually achieved two ways in a healthy setting. It's one, God encourages us to keep ourselves humble. And secondly, if that's not working, or if we're not working it, God actually inserts himself and says, I'll, I'll, I got it. <laughs> I'll keep you humble. So we don't need to do that. We, we don't need to be the humbler. We don't need to bring people down. That, that job position's already full. So we can step into a different role, which is the role of encourager, to put courage in. And I think we're already doing it. And yet I, all, I know for sure that we can do it better. That if you've ever been in certain situations where you thought, oh man, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I was the silent movie star. I thought it, but I didn't say it. Well, then there's some room for improvement. The truth teller. Weaponize it, God's word, as a tool to bring hope and life and then the humbler, not our job. So, in the goal of potentially finishing early today, I always drink coffee after I tell a lie. Um, <laughs> here's some pro tips to be an encourager. Number one, catch people doing the right thing. Parents, are you listening? Bosses, are you listening? Spouses, are you listening? Catch people doing the right thing. So here's one thing to understand about human nature. What gets recognized gets repeated. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Right now, uh, Louisa, my wife, is working at a high school. And uh, what, they've, what they're uh, dealing with right now is the good Listen to this. This is, going to, this is going to sound back to front, but it's not. The good kids have stopped showing up to school. Yet your hearing aids on, I can assure you. This is this, the, the problem that the, the faculty of Louise's high school are dealing with right now. The good kids have stopped showing up to school. 
And they're trying to find out why that is because that's kind of meant to be the other way around, that the naughty kids are meant to be the ones that are truanting. But what's happening is that the good kids aren't turning up because the teachers are giving all of their attention to the naughty kids. And the good kids have identified the fact that their presence at school, it's, it, it, it accounts for nothing. So they've stopped turning up. And, and, and what they're currently working through is as a, as a faculty is they've, they've had to recognize the fact that they are giving so much of their attention to the naughty kids that that's become the way to get the attention of the faculty. Now, I don't give parenting advice very often, but if you as a parent, this is my own, you know, I have parents. If, if you as a parent, the only time you speak up, the only time you get animated, the only time you kind of get uh, amped is to catch your kid doing the wrong thing, then your kid is being programmed to understand that the way that Junior gets your attention is by doing something naughty. And, and the good kid, if, if there is one, notices that the way that, that, that he or she gets mum or dad's attention, that in the workplace, what gets recognised gets repeated. What gets rewarded gets repeated. So catch people doing the right thing. Do it in real time. Oh, I remember four years ago, and the, and the person goes, really? I don't. And it's kind of like the currency is not there anymore. Try to do it in real time. And we can do this because sometimes the digital sphere is better than nothing at all, where we say, oh, I won't see them until two weeks' time. Send them a message. And then maybe follow it up when you see them. But when it's, when it's fresh out of the oven is when it's at its most potent. Because there's something in us that's actually looking for a bit of affirmation whether we like to admit it or not or whether we recognize it or not. And when it comes, it's like, well, I'm going to do that more often. Yeah, because what gets recognized gets repeated. And then the final one, and I teach this to our team leaders, make it specific. Why was this something worthy of encouragement? If you're a leader, link it back to mission. If you're a parent, link it back to the values of your family and your household or what you can see for the future in your kids. If you're, if you're a, a boss in a workplace, tie it to, to the actual role and, and how this person is doing an outstanding job and why that matters in the, the grand scheme of things. And finally, the final objection that I've experienced of some people saying, well, the reason I don't like to give encouragement too often is because if you do it too much, it kind of loses its value. Wow, you just encourage everyone all the time, so it's worthless. Yeah, all right. I, I, I can see how that could happen. So, so here's, here's my kind of uh, rule of thumb for that. Probably don't get too hung up encouraging people for doing what they were meant to do in the first place. Right? A number of years ago, one of our team members here was uh, working in a management job at a Scottish fast food restaurant uh, called M McDonald's. And, um, and uh, 
they were, they were supervising the night shift and it wasn't the 24-hour place, so supervising the night shift, so this was like 2, 3 a.m. And, and as the night shift manager, this person said to one of the 16-year-old staff members, hey, I, I, um, now that we've finished this shift, I need you to take the, the trash out outside into the dumpster. And the 16-year-old kid said to her, well, what do I get if I do that? And she said, a wage? <laughs> so, you know, he picked up the bin. He went and put it out. He came back in. She didn't encourage him. He got paid. So when Junior does the chores that's on their chore list and they finish them and they come to you for the medal, I'm not going to hold it against you if you don't pin it on them. Because it's like, yeah, sure, Junior, welcome to, you know, doing what's expected. But if said subject, person, staff member, kid, spouse, gives it an extra 1%, jump all over that. And it fosters a culture of doing more than the bare minimum. Of, of asking the question, what's the least I can get away with before I get in trouble? What's the least I can get away with before life kind of starts to double back on me? And, it, and you'll start to see people ask the question, how can I take this even further? How can I empty the bin in a way that no other 16-year-old employee of McDonald's has ever emptied this bin before. In fact, if there's one bin to empty and I see a second bin to empty, I'm gonna get that second bin and I'm gonna empty it too, even if it wasn't in my job description. And then you see that and you say, listen, 16-year-old boy, good job. I saw the way you went out of your way to get that second bin and put that. And he goes to himself, I'm gonna do that more often. Because what gets recognized gets repeated. And so we have the opportunity to build our world. We have the opportunity to build the worlds of other people. Encouragement is an act of generosity. And one of my life verses, something that God spoke to us, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So being generous with our words builds, with our words builds bigger and better worlds for us and for the people around us. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.